to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 40, 30, Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it. it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. inspiring music for you. Hello, welcome to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Um, I am Adam. We are going to bring you a little preview show today. Um, I've got Gregory Kett with me um, for a bit of balance. How are you, Greg? I don't know why I called you Gregory, but you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, nice. it's also my na- not my name, but you're more than welcome to use it. Is um, it not? No, oh, it's actually not. Disappointingly not, no. Oh, okay. Is it short for anything else? Gregoire, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you just... <laughs> Well, I mean, I know this is an audio podcast, but just look at me. You can tell I'm a Gregoire, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, I've learned something about you in this yeah. very moment. Um, Harry Maltby is here. Hello, hello, Harry. I'm not going to lengthen your name. That backfired, so I won't try it again. Well, you you, you can. I mean, it's definitely not my name either. Um, I've got some pretty embarrassing middle names, but we'll uh, we'll maybe digress into those in a future pod. You know, that's uh, just just something to keep people listening beyond this episode. <laughs> Um, Miles Tarry is here as well. Um, hello to you. Hello. If you've if you've tuned in to listen to Harry's middle name, then it's going to be a long season for everyone here. I mean, maybe maybe we'll just tease that every episode and never actually tell anyone. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to keep people listening, but who knows? Um, in true Transatlantic Titans style, Neil might join us. It's a possibility. It's uncertain at this stage, um, but this is how we roll. Um, we're going to get to, we're just going to look ahead to the season in general, really. Um, looking at the final roster, not in particular detail, but our thoughts on that. Um, there have been some COVID concerns. We're going to have a little chat about whether we should be concerned. Um, we're going to look ahead at the schedule and predict a few things um, and make ourselves look silly if anyone goes back and checks this stuff. No one's going to do that, so we're good. Um, first of all, preseason is done two weeks ahead of the regular season this year. So just three preseason games. I can't say I stayed up to watch any of them. Um, Harry, I know you did. Um, what were your, what were your thoughts about um, preseason two and one? Does that mean anything? No, but um, tell us. Uh, I love the way that you answered, asked a question and answered it all in one go there. Uh, no, preseason does not mean a thing. However, uh, there's, there's a bit of sadistic, like sadism, sadism that that you've just got to love with preseason because you know that that uh, loads of the players that you're watching aren't going to make your team. They may make another team, um, and when they do, <laughs> you're inevitably going to be pretty annoyed about it. Um, but all in all, you know, I think there are some really good things to take away from it. Um, Malik Sargent, um, a running back, undrafted free agent, uh, has looked fantastic and made the 53-man roster. Um, wide receiver was really hotly contested, and I'm sure we'll get onto that in a, in a little while. Um, but yeah, th- there's a couple of spots for concern as well in, in the roster, um, which were definitely highlighted by facing some pretty vanilla defenses um, and still, you know, not looking very comfortable with, at certain positions there. But sure, it's one of those things with preseason and. T- You've, you sort of just wait all that time for football to be back and you're just happy that it's back and uh, you don't really care if you're watching players that you'll never, ever hear of again and may even receive a parcel off, you know, because they work for the mail or something soon enough. <laughs> um, Greg, did you have any takeaways from the preseason? Well, we had the number one ranked defence Allowing just 199 yards a game. We had the number uh, one yeah. ranked you see, offense you see, you scoring see the most nonsense. points. 
I'm so, going to have to cut in. It's nonsense like this that just proves my point. It's just, it's just I'm, nothing, just, I'm, just, I'm just out say. here spitting facts right now. I mean, what what more? This is exactly what people listen for is, is the facts. And no, I mean, look, yeah, preseason doesn't really mean a great deal. But watching the, the three games, I was more interested to see more how things work on the sideline, which obviously with a new offensive coordinator... Uh, a new but not new defensive coordinator. It's it's going to be. I think it was interesting just to watch on the sideline a little bit. But yeah, it means nothing. We all know that. But um, it was also a bit like you mentioned, Harry. I think there's there's a few few people that you know made made the roster off the back of those games, and they're now going to be parts of this uh, this team this year that lead us all the way to LA in February. Okay. Speaking of the roster, Miles, uh, were there any surprises? Um, I mean, we, we've still got four or five guys on COVID IR, whatever that's called. So once they're promoted back to the the roster, we'll lose we'll lose a couple more. But were there any anything you well perhaps weren't expecting um, in the final fifty three of of provisional fifty three? I should say. Yeah, I was going to say it'll change every day with these new COVID rules, where apparently you don't count as part of the fifty three if you've got COVID or something. Um, to me, it was, uh, I think, Sergeant, as Harry was saying, was looked pretty impressive. And I was sort of hoping to see him make the 53. My thing was uh, the whole Des Fitzpatrick drama of it makes the um, the whole team look a little bit. I don't know if embarrassing was the right word, but when you're trading up for a receiver who obviously clearly he didn't perform, you could see he wasn't playing well when it came to preseason for him to get dropped to. I believe he's now in the practice squad along with a couple of others, but it just doesn't really look good on the actual team to when you're trading up for a player to then drop them almost a couple of weeks later based on how they perform. To me, it was other than that, for me, preseason's all about surviving with no injuries and getting through to week one and just getting everyone excited. I mean, you've seen what's happened at the Ravens with J.K. Dobbins and other players. It's it's an absolute nightmare if that can happen for a team. So for me, preseason's all about like we're saying, you, you sort of fall in love with certain players who you might never see again. But yeah, yeah. the one thing I took away from it was there are going to be players there that are going to be on the training field for us. Let's see how they do. But I mean, generally speaking to me, I just went for week one and just pray there's no injuries. That's always been my uh, philosophy for uh, preseason. Obviously, don't jinx it. Uh, there'll be some more practices, etc. Um, I teased it at the start. It looks like we've got Neil Donahoe joining us. Um, evening, Neil. Evening, guys. How are you? Fine. Cheers. You've been (laughs) out of the cinema. Um, Yeah. How was it? Space Jam. Oh, I don't think it'll be troubling Rotten Tomatoes. Well, not in a positive way, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. We were were just chatting about, well, pre-season, the the roster. Um, Des Fitzpatrick, um, that seems to have been the main talking point. I mean, I, I just... I just feel that you can't make decisions based on what's happened in the past. This kind of thing's come up before. Um, but just, just because we traded up to get him in the fourth round doesn't mean that keeping him is a better decision than keeping someone else who might have outperformed him. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think he's he's back on the practice squad, isn't he? I mean, I think, obviously, it, it depends how high the draft cap- capital is. A fourth-round pick, I think we've discussed on this podcast at length, really, especially when we traded for Julio. A fourth-round pick in a GM's eyes is nowhere near as valuable as it is in a fan's eyes. Fans yeah. always oh, absolutely, yeah. Fourth-round picks are like gonna turn a a poor team into a great team, and chances are that doesn't really happen. So I think obviously you've got to assess what's happening on practice field, and not the capital that you spend. I think you're spot on. Yeah, and if if the team think that. This is a guy with a big ceiling, and we can we can develop him, um, and he stays on the practice squad. Now that's not the worst place to to try and do that, assuming that nobody else comes in and tries to to steal him away from us. Then it could work out for the best in the long run. Okay, um, COVID concerns. I mean that you know, the the third game of the preseason is is the one that you'll see some starters, um, but COVID put pay to um, some of that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously, um, it led to a further round of Barkley versus Woodside. In fact, let's just, let's just look at that for a second. Um, Greg, 
Well, Barkley versus Woodside. Um, what's the answer? It's probably like the worst battle in the world, isn't it? Really, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not one to fill you with any confidence. But um, I mean, Barkley, in fairness to him, probably the, I think it was the first game and part of the second game didn't look awful. Um, he's very limited to what he can do, like most most backups, I guess, in the league. But Woodside in the third game for me, I, th- I think, showed a little bit more than what certainly what I've seen from him in in previous times that we've in the very very small glimpses that we've seen of him. That is anyway. Um, they, it seemed like they finally let the shackles off and said, "Go go throw the ball a bit," and actually released him, which is is good to see. But yeah, no, to be honest with you, I think it's it's like trying to choose between two of the worst quality street like you don't really want it anyway but you've just got to choose this anyway so you might as well and that's that's pretty much pretty much how my, how I'm feeling about that kind of backup role and unless you know someone else comes along who can actually push that position further forward which I don't think there's anyone in the market and before anyone says Cam Newton is he's definitely not um I just think yeah you've just got to choose who you think is gonna is gonna do the job best and hope that Tannehill never goes down uh that last part but ultimately, that's going to be the bottom line. Um, that'll be more important to our season than anything else um, in, in that regard anyway. Um, Mars, what about the COVID outbreak? Um, I mean, I've, I've got a few thoughts on this. I mean, it, it's, there's some Twitter or I mean, Titans Twitter is obviously always level headed, but there's some concern on there um, about what that might mean going forward. Obviously, it's not been the ideal preparation, but... Should we be worried about COVID? Uh, in general, should we be worried about COVID? <laughs> the answer is still yes. Yeah. Uh, but from a from a Titans point of view, I mean, it depends. We've, we've got to see what happens in the Cardinals game. There's an argument to say, will it make us start slow to the season? But to me, again, with preseason, I don't mind if Tannehill and Henry and players like that don't see the field. And Julio Jones has had enough preseasons and everything else to know what he needs to do when it comes to game time. Um, I'd much rather him have these sort of, if we're classifying as an injury, um, to be out for a week or so, because it sounds like everyone's jabbed. It's not like the issue that they've got with the Colts or with uh, Cam Newton, where there's suggestions that people aren't getting jabbed and then they're getting COVID and it's much worse for them. It sounds like they're trying to behave themselves when it's come to that. So to me, it's, listen, they know how they're going to perform when it comes to week one, missing out on a, a few snaps in a preseason game, a few few training ground routines. I don't see it making a huge difference. I mean, you'll only know when it comes to week one, but to me, it's not enough a concern where it's going to affect our season. Um, it's much better to be in a situation where we know they're going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, obviously, ready for week one. And there's no sort of um, follow-ons from it. Uh, luckily, like we said, because of our job, you shouldn't be expecting too much like long-term issues from it. Hopefully it's just a sort of week where they've got to be out with it and then they can uh, sort of crack on with it. Obviously, assuming that's the case and touch touch wood, touch everything, um, that yeah, there are no long-term effects with any of the players that had it. Given last year, there should be quite a lot of immunity in the Titans camp. Um, the difference between now and a year ago is that a lot of the protocols are different now if you're vaccinated. Um, but we know, um, well present company we're intelligent enough to know that despite being vaccinated you can still get covid and it obviously reduces severity of the symptoms the likelihood even of catching it but you can it can still happen therefore um the relaxed protocols for vaccinated players could mean that outbreaks are actually more frequent in the nfl um it might it might just it might be the case that people aren't getting ill or seriously ill but um there could be issues for certain teams this year and um, having had a major issue last year and again in the pre-season that weirdly might work out in our favour it seems a, an odd positive to take um, and, and fingers crossed there aren't any long-term effects um, I can see there being similar issues in you know, football in this country and um, you know, we're already seeing the odd game postponed um, but in the NFL there's much less wiggle room with that sort of thing so that it's going to be a topic that will rumble on. Um, I think they're just going to continue. I think I don't think from everything I've heard so far is if if a few players go down, a few players go down. If everyone else is is negative and don't have to isolate, they're just going to continue. And in terms of 
you know, pl- our first team or our starters not getting much of a preseason. I mean, we didn't have a single game in preseason last year, and we went five and zero in the first five games. So, I, I don't particularly think that will matter too much. I think what will matter is that we don't have anyone go down between now and and January or end of January when when the season comes to an end, or even February. Hopefully, if we get there. So. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one this year. I think it's going to cause carnage across the league and we're not the only ones that are going to be impacted by it, I'm sure. Okay. Let's look forward then to the actual season. Um, I've spectacularly prepared for this by not having the schedule immediately in front of me, but Google can help. Um, I do know who we're playing um, for the for the record. Uh, we Yeah, we've obviously got the, the six divisional games, um, the... AFC East is the division we're playing in its entirety in the, in the AFC, and it's the NFC West. Uh, then there's also, I think, the Chiefs and the Steelers, I'm going to say. This is this is super preparation. Um, and then uh, the Saints as the sort of bonus, bonus team. Um, 17 games, it's predictions time. Um, Brian's not here, but he would like the record to say um, that we're going to go 13 and four, which seems pretty bullish. Uh, I, I like it, obviously. Miles, um, tell us how it's it's going to be 17 and O in the regular season. Um, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones is how it's going to be 17 and O. Um, it's, I, I mean, I, I thought I'd have a little bit of the, a little look at the fixtures, even though you know you think you're going to win them all. Is there going to be any? Uh, Bengals slip-ups. Um, <laughs> and I think, is it... No, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the fixtures now. To me, I think we've got to go at this uh, season with a mentality of win now. Um, the team's very much set up for it. You don't go out and get Julio Jones and then think, oh, we're going to chill for a couple of seasons and build up. It's, it's very much a let's go now sort of situation. And... Um, Right now, the AFC South's looking as weak as it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it hasn't exactly been the strongest division, but it's looking particularly weak at the moment with what's going on in Houston. Jacksonville, yeah, they've got Lawrence, but there's no guarantee he's going to hit the ground running as exceptional a talent as he is. And the Colts seem to keep on changing their mind as to whether or not Wentz is going to play and the rest of their team. Seems to be a lot of, it's a lot of talent, but there's a lot of risk behind it. So I think if you're getting six wins out of the division straight away, Looking forward to some of the fixtures. I mean, obviously the Chiefs are who they're going to be in. There's an argument this year to say that Patrick Mahomes could completely explode and break all the records. But to me, I've just got to go at each game with the mentality of I can't name a more explosive offense. And defensively, I think Simmons is going to really push on this year. I think he's going to be very similar to Donald and how he can cause such a disruption in the running game and the passing game. Farley again. He's looked, he's had hit and miss moments in the preseason, but has all the potential of being a superstar. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of positives with how the defense has been. Granted, it's preseason, take of it what you will. But if if that even improves a little bit and our offense has only got better than from last year, then that's how I see us getting there at 17 and 0. I can't wait for it to come and throw back my face when the Cardinals beat us week one. But for the time being, I'm very confident of a, uh, a Super Bowl victory. I, was, I love the argument of being favourites in every game. We we tried, I think, last year to look at the schedule game by game, and it doesn't really work because you can't you can't predict upsets, and upsets will come um, either way. Um, but 17, 17 and zero, that's that's a line in the sand. Uh, Neil, um, I mean, you can't be more optimistic than that, um, but you've got to have some optimism. I mean, uh, if you just skim that schedule and. It's, it's not easy based on what happened last year. And obviously nobody knows which teams are going to flatter to deceive and which teams are going to be tipped to be good and not be good. And it happens every year where teams who are tipped as contenders struggle. So you can't really, at face value, take the schedule as being as hard as it looks effectively. But having said that, <laughs> I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 11 and 6, but I think it'll be enough to win the division. You've I you've taken every word out of my mouth. 11 and 6 for me, we win the division. I don't think any of 
I'm, I'm saying this. Any of the other teams in the AFC South have a winning record, including the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and I, and I think, obviously, I think we're the kind of team that can ride a few short terms. But we're, I think we're also the kind of team that season could be sunk by one big injury. And I think in our division, there's more room for having guys injured during season and peaking at end because the teams that we're competing against are on paper so poor. So I think I think we have got I think we have got room for a few injuries and a few slip ups where yeah, yeah. teams in AFC haven't. <clears throat> no, that's 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 fair. And and getting to the dance, getting to the playoffs, um, that's that's one thing. Um, but once you're there, anything can happen. Obviously, um, yeah. Harry, what's your predicted record for the Titans? Uh, yeah, so I've, I've quickly uh, scrambled on to ESPN, as all of us have during this. And uh, I think we're 12-5, and five, I think, is realistic. I think our running is actually quite kind to us, in a way. Um, week 12, we've got New England uh, away. I would have preferred them a little bit earlier on in the season, but sure, here we are. Then we got a bye week, and then we go into five games against Jacksonville at home, Pittsburgh away, San Francisco at home, Miami at home, and Houston away. And if you didn't win four out of five of those, you'd be pretty miffed, I think. Um, I, it, it's the, sort of like a, a nice-ish start, a horrible middle and a nice, nice-ish end, I would say, even, when you look at it. Even the, middle, even the middle, I don't think it's too hard. I mean, you've got Buffalo and Kansas City back-to-back. Um, Buffalo's a Monday night game as well, which sucks a little bit for us. Um, and then a big big division game away at Indi- uh, the Colts. So... Sure, it's it's one of those that you can't do anything about, and we'll see. But I I would be surprised if we don't go two and one in the first three games, four and one in the final four, in the final five, and then hopefully twelve, twelve and five. I've predicted. I think we'll lose against the Bills. I think we'll lose against the Rams. I think we'll beat the Saints because I don't quite know what they're doing at the moment, uh, <laughs> and I, I reckon we'll beat the Chiefs as well, just for good measure. Um, I don't fancy us against Pittsburgh. I just think they're our bogey team for some reason. Um, and we always struggle and we go 5-1 and one in the division. But like you say, I don't particularly look at the AFC South as, as a massive contender to bring out two playoff teams this year. Um, the Texans, yes, if they didn't have all the Deshaun Watson stuff going on. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably in two years' time, we're looking at this and thinking they're a good contender if Lawrence pans out the way they want to. And if the Colts actually manage to find a QB that doesn't get injured, COVID, or uh, has 10 kids all at one season, you know, I think they could be dangerous <laughs> as well. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So, you know, Ryan Pace, in all, in all fairness, and, and who's there? Is that their GM, the Colts, Ryan Pace? Or I only know him as what's your favourite type of frog fella? Um, off of eight, uh, <laughs> the NFL. Um, Sadly, it's not Grigson anymore. Uh, I miss, no, I miss that guy. But I, I, you know, I think they've constructed a fantastic roster. But QB is a major issue for them, and and I just don't see them really um, being being a contender against us when you look at who who each team's facing each year. So, or this year rather. So, yeah, I think a twelve and five is likely. Um, and I think we make the playoffs. And like you say, once we get into the dance, who knows what happens? And yeah, we're, it just all depends on seeding. And if we get lucky then, really. But sure, I'm I'm excited for playoff football come January. Yes, yes. Um, Greg, even you surely have us going to the playoffs. I have us going to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, 100%. But I do think the schedule is, is incredibly difficult when you look at it right now at the beginning of September. I think the Cardinals game is for a first game is I think will be tough. I think I'm glad that's at home and not on the road. Long trips to Seattle, don't really know what we're gonna get from them and we know what to expect from from people like Wilson, etc. We don't meet them very often. Um I've got a feeling we're gonna split the series against the Colts and the Jags this year and then sweep the Texans. Uh probably lose away to the Jags, just just a feeling. Don't, More than anything. Don't, don't. Not not that not not necessarily. I don't know. It just for me, it just feels like it's the it's the natural classic thing. But therefore, uh, however, I do think we'll beat both the Bills and the Chiefs this year. I've just got a feeling back to back. Those two games are going to be two huge games in Nashville, full houses. For something about those two, I just have a feeling about. Um, 
and then we then go on the road and lose to the Colts and the Rams. So yeah, I, I've got us uh, similar to to you, Neil, and similar to you, Adam, in terms of eleven and six. I think that's probably where we'll end up being. Um, I also agree with you, Harry. I think playing the Patriots in Week Twelve, I'd much rather be playing them in in the first three weeks uh, with the uncertainty and in the quarterback position. And by Week Twelve, we're probably going to have a, a mini Tom Brady on our hands with Mac Jones. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting one. And that running. I actually think it's tougher than you think. I think the Steelers at home, I'd probably fancy us, but away, I think it's a different story. San, San Fran, who knows what to expect from them this year. I mean, they're, they're, they're a tough team. I think they're going to be an interesting one. And same with the Dolphins as well, especially if the Dolphins end up training for Watson, as I keep hearing. And that's basing on the fact that he's not in prison by that point. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I do think 11-6 and six is where we'll finish off. feels wrong to say that because who plays 17 or 18 <laughs> games, but it's, yeah, it is what it is. There's the weird thing that I've seen on, on the schedule is that we face a lot of like first time quarterbacks in their team. So by the first two weeks where we face Arizona and Seattle, Indianapolis, new QB, New York, new QB, Jacksonville, new QB, Buffalo and Kansas. No. India again. Yes. LA. Yes. New Orleans, yes. Houston, probably. New England, yes. Jacksonville again, yes. Pittsburgh, no. San Fran, probably by that point. I'd be surprised if they didn't have a new QB at that point. Miami, Tua took over by the end, but yes. Yeah, yeah. And then Houston again. So really, you know, we say this at the beginning of every season. Oh, well, you know, you look at it and it looks good. But, geez, like one of these QBs could be absolutely worldy. You know, Mike Vick, 2007 Madden kind of worldy and just ruin the whole game for us so but they're, they're not the teams i'm worried about the teams i'm worried about are the absolute dross that we always lose to at least once a year i mean <laughs> because let's face it and we, we have that yeah basically yeah you know how it works out it's, it's always there's always that one or two games it probably end up being the jets or probably end up being the jags but there's definitely gonna be one one or two games that we'll lose when we should have absolutely pummeled them <laughs> All right, some other types of predictions then. Um, I'm not necessarily going to ask all of you for all of these, um, but just, well, let's let's go offensive MVP. This is just for, obviously for the Titans. Defensive MVP, um, rookie of the year. Um, yeah, just, just kind of quick, quick fire, those three. Offensive, defensive and rookie. Neil, what are the names? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for AJ for offensive. Um, I'm going to go. There obviously is as well. I'm, I'm not. I might think it's also some other outside box. Or so I just saw what's on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably all, you guys are going to say the same, but I think Simmons on defense. And, and I think Farley as rookie because I think he's just going to be so involved. I think he, I don't think it's going to be like as first round picks over the last few years where we've tried to develop them. I think. Looking at that corner group, is going to be so involved from first snap. So I think there's a chance for him to really establish himself. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, Harry, agreement, or are you are you going elsewhere? No, I'm going elsewhere. I think uh, offensive MVP Tannehill. I just think he's got too many weapons now to to not utilize them. Um, and with Henry in the backfield. Defense is going to have to stack the box, and if you're stacking the box, you can't double up AJ and Jones at the same time. Uh, defensive MVP, it's no surprise that I'll go for Brown. Uh, I love the guy; he's always around the ball. Um, I just think he's absolutely class. If not him, then Long. I just think he's like a little mini um, Brown, to be honest. He's always around the ball, just quick and great in coverage. I just, if we trade Evans tomorrow, I'm not stressed because I think them two are just awesome. I think um, we're quietly really strong at linebacker, by the way. Yeah. Uh, like it's gone under the radar a bit, but I, ju- I just, you know, if, even the sort of the, the couple of draft pickups and it just, it just all seems to, it all seems to look good there. Yeah. Yeah. Just class. I, you know, I just think middle linebacker, off the ball linebackers don't get respected enough because they have to read the ball within about, Two seconds, not even two seconds of it getting snapped, and if they make a wrong read, they're screwed. But yeah, I think we're we're solid there. And then rookie Molden, I just think he's been classed in the in the preseason, made some big plays. I think him coming off of, off off the edge is a blitzer and a hard hitter. 
Um, I just really like him. Slot corner is so underappreciated as a, as a position. And um, I think we found a one in the third round, I think it was, is, is you know, an absolute steal. And I, I just think he's been classed during the preseason. So those are my three. OK, Miles, give us yours. Um, so off fence, it's no surprise it's going to be blazing game. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel he's been, I, I dare say, underrated for it's the fullback, so you're never going to be rated unless your name's check. But listen, Derek Henry's just had 2,000 yards, and you've got to block some of them people. He, yeah, he didn't stiff arm every single player on the defense, so sometimes there had to be some blocking. And I think it's an underrated position. It's a position that even we've seen in the uh, preseason, we might get a few more. Uh, players out of him so why not I mean the obvious answer is probably along the lines of Henry or Tannehill but let's mix it up defense I think uh Bud Dupree I generally think it's probably the, one of the best preseason signings we've had in a long long time that could come in straight away and make a huge difference to this defense I think the way you saw how the Steelers reacted when he left and the way TJ Watt was when he wasn't on the field I think he was actually the big piece of the Steelers defense last year not TJ Watt um, and to me, Farley, it's too difficult to look away from the fact that Farley's just going to be, hopefully, everything that we want him to be. And he's just going to take the lead by someone just slot straight in. Um, so for me, yeah, Farley, Dupree, I think, I mean, Simmons, hopefully Simmons has another great season. But for me, Dupree could be the, the big change that can sort of let's get some pressure on some quarterbacks. Excellent. Uh, Greg? Got to go the King for offensive MP, MVP. I think he's um, an extra game this year. I think he could break records. I really do. Um, even though the the O-line's still a little bit shaky in places with, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Questionbury starting at right tackle and uh, why we got rid of Dennis Kelly still amazes me, but that's that's. I still day. feel angry about that. Yeah, I, I, do. I don't get the more the longer this preseason's gone on, is the less I get it as well. So it's it's just yeah, been a bit, a bit frustrating. But there you go. But I still think he's going to be a huge part of uh, of this offense. And the reason I think it's going to get even more yards than last year, not only because of the extra game, is because you know defenses are going to have to be thinking about Julio and AJ at the same time as as Derrick Henry. So for me, it's not just going to be stacking the box and and hoping for the best. Um, defensively. Uh, I'm actually going to go a little bit on a whim. I think it's a comeback year for Kevin Bayard this year. I think this we haven't seen the best of KB for a while, and I think it's time with a new defensive scheme, a load of young guys around him, for him to step up into that leadership role. And I think this year is going to definitely be picking quarterbacks, new quarterbacks, as you mentioned earlier, Harry, off for fun. Um, and then rookie... I'm going to go Elijah Molden as well. I think he's, for me, probably excited me the most out of all the rookies that we've that we've had. Um, the only one who's excited me is is probably Sargent uh, as an un, undrafted rookie. But, yeah, so I'm definitely going to go Elijah Molden for all the reasons Harry mentioned already. <laughs> I would fit... I, the, the offensive player of the year would... It, it's so hard to, to call for the reasons you just said. I mean... How do you cover AJ Brown and Julio Jones and stack the box? You can't. So it, it could just come down to what teams, what defenses decide to do. And we'll just take what's available. Um, for, for that reason, maybe Tannehill's the best sort of all round shout. Um, but I mean, it could just be any of them, quite quite frankly. How about Ferkser? There you go. No one's mentioned him. He, he was <laughs> he was on my list, and I thought <laughs> now Miles has gone for blasting game. I've got to go a little bit more seriously. Uh, on defense, how about a guy you haven't mentioned, Christian Fulton? Uh, just, just kind of. I'm starting to not believe it as I say it, but just as a, a gut feeling, just uh, he didn't. Yeah, he he had injuries. Um, very highly regarded, obviously. Um, but what about a bit of a step up for him and you know the a lot of the the older players at that uh, cornerback position have moved on. Um, it's you know, him. Obviously, Farley is is exciting, but you know, Fulton could be a bit under the radar. Um, I'm I'm not sure I can look past big Jeff Simmons, uh, but yeah, just as a as a different name to throw out there. As as for the rookie, I, I'm I'm with you on Molden. Um, Farley's Farley's phenomenally exciting, um, but yeah, I've, maybe I've been seduced by a couple of flashy um, preseason plays. 
screw it. I'm not going to get seduced by that. Um, Farley, Farley for for the rookie. There you go. Um, a final little prediction. Quick number from each of you. How many times is Mike Brable going to punt on fourth and one? Greg Kett. At least four times. Miles. Sorry, I was I was just in shock at the idea of it. Um, I'm going to go for he won't. Oh, <laughs> you're going to look silly. Um, Harry. Not for the first time. Uh, three. Three. One that really matters. <laughs> Neil, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miles on this one because I think as much as players can evolve, coaches can as well, and I think we need it from him this year with roster that we've got. We need we need to see some kind of evolution in his player calling and our erratic is joining games. So I'm just gonna go one. I'm gonna go three. All of them in opposition territory. None of them in our own. <laughs> I'm just gonna cry <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> Um, and we'll go for it inside our own 20. Uh, a stupid moment as well, in that, just to just clarify. <laughs> on, the, on the fake as well, you, you wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Brett Kern right. bulldozed down like he was a couple of years ago. Oh, keep, keep Brett Kern healthy. That's the key. That's the key to success. Um, also, Ficken as a kicker, um, just to touch on that quickly. Um, it seems to be settled. He seems to have had a good preseason. Um, seems to be capable. He's got a really big leg as well. Um, hasn't seemed to miss many. What does any of this matter, though? Because since well, since suck up um, got himself hurt that time, the position's been cursed for us. Can that change, Greg? It can change. I mean, he's got a hell of a leg, like you said. I mean, was it fifty-eight yarder against Tampa, and uh, yeah, I mean. He's, I, I, He's looked good, and if there's a position that I definitely would want settled and not have to sit there and pray to the God that we're going to get this extra point after an inevitable touchdown, then it's definitely uh, definitely something I'd rather do without the stress on. But yeah, I mean, look, he he looks good, but I think now we're getting into the into the real football and that first couple of games, he just needs a couple of decent field goals in the 40s just to calm calm his nerves down and make him. Uh, Making one of the team because if he if he misses one in the early in the early games he's mm. they're just going to be straight onto his back again. Uh, just so I don't forget to to read these out, Brian's given us his predictions for all of this. Yeah, he said thirteen and four, which we covered. Uh, he has Derek Henry two K again um, on offense, um, Hooker on defense. There you go, mm. name we hadn't mentioned, uh, and Weaver for his rookie. I don't think any of us said him either. So, so there you go. And uh, how many punts on fourth and one? Uh, what's that number? He hasn't. He could have put commas in to be more helpful, but he's got sixteen million four hundred eighty-four thousand eight hundred forty-seven. <laughs> Seems a lot. How many? How many in our own territory? Tell you what, yeah, if we're if we're going for it that many times on fourth and one, and we're making it, then boom shakalaka, because we are <laughs> making some plays left, right, and centre. No, but that's how many times we're punting. So we're just giving the ball back every time. <laughs> oh dear. I suppose, uh, I suppose we want Ficken to be underworked as well. Don't really want him to be kicking many field goals, if I'm honest. <laughs> true, true. Um, a bit of breaking news for the Cardinals game. Um, Neil, guess who the referee is? Oh, I saw it in chat earlier. It's Jerome, isn't it? It, it certainly is. Um, who was yeah. kind to us in one of the preseason games with one of the worst calls I've ever seen. <laughs> and yeah. Because he was kind to us then, we are screwed for this game. So just chalk it down as a loss. I'll now change my uh, prediction to a 11 and 6, like the rest of you lot, because what's the point? Like, seriously. It, it puts a hole. And it, it, we'll have him for a couple more games, I'm sure, at some point. There you go. Booking um, the day off work uh, every day after any game that he's refereeing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> any of the English football fans, I'd rather have Trevor Kettle and that saying something. <laughs> oh, God. That's like Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> he's been mentioned so many times on this podcast. Um, anyone listening in America would just not have a clue. A lot of people in 
the UK would not have a clue um, who he is, but that's that's our niche spot. Speaking of niche, um, we're just about well, just about done for this uh, season preview. We'll be back next week to look ahead to the Arizona games, Arizona game. Uh, but obviously, we're going to finish today with anything that's non-Titans related. Um, Harry, I feel like it's a, a while since you've got something off your chest. Yeah, so I, I've been debating on what my non-Titans uh, relate was, was going to be. Um, I was a little bit late to recording today. Luckily, we didn't start recording. Um, and I was going to have a little moan about customers staying too long, but then they pay my wages, so I can't really complain about that. Um, I think for those of you who don't follow us on on Twitter, I've recently found out I'm going to be a dad. It's really exciting. I'm proper buzzing for it, um, and it's super exciting. But everybody that you talk to will be like, and I don't expect anything different just for the record, but they'll always be like, how's mum doing? And you can't say, how do I phrase this in the nicest way, that hormones are getting the best of her. <laughs> yeah. Without sounding like a monster. So you're like always like, yeah, everything's really good. You know, she had a little bit of morning sickness in the beginning, but she's in the second trimester now. So everything's really good. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, if I lose, like, leave one spoon out of place in our house, I'm getting <laughs> Like, as soon as I walk in through this door, most days. And you can't quite, like, say that out loud to any of, like, your regular customers. And then, like, midwives as well just look at you as if you're, like, the spawn of Satan. Like, they know what you've done. You know that, you know, you didn't realise what you were doing at the time either, and neither did she. And it's just, like, all of a sudden, like, look, we got to deal with it now. Like, we'll be fine. But she looks at you with a look that I never really felt that I wouldn't get from an in-law. But this um, strange yeah. sizes you up like that and just pretend that you're the worst thing in the world. But, you know, it's great. I'm really excited. Proper buzzing for being a dad and that. But the next few months are graft, I reckon. No, but rest anyway. of your life. Rest of your life. That's uh, it. She doesn't, she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so we're good. Because if she does, yeah. I'll be screwed. Are you in a soundproof room? Because I'm surprised she's not walked in and slapped you by now, to be honest. I did this I did this podcast at work for a reason. I knew uh, what my nonsense okay. was going to be. I was ready for it. I'm working late. Okay, this is getting chippy on my way home. Jobs are good. I, I did but, think uh, that the full helmet seemed a bit much for a podcast, but now I now I understand it. <laughs> yeah, my days of playing for Chester Romans is uh is coming in handy here now. Yeah, definitely. Shoulder pads and helmet as I walk through the door, and we're we're all good to go. But now I'm really excited, and uh, and also just as another side tangent, thanks for for you guys for the congratulations and the tweet out and stuff it does mean a lot and I, I am despite what I've just said absolutely buzzing I'm proper excited so yeah, yeah. no it'll, it'll be great. congratulations obviously and I, yeah I can't wait to hear this pan out like in this feature in this part of the podcast for the next few weeks and months it's going to be fun I can't um, wait to meet little Taylor Derek AJ <laughs> play oh, this, this is my other thing I've been trying to like sneak in like <laughs> names so like we'll be sat there on the couch one evening like watching a show that we don't care about and she'll start going through like boys names or girls names we still don't know what we're having and i'll be like oh so what about like tanner for uh for for a boy no brett no and like i've tried like enough now <laughs> where i'm having to go for like some rare names like aj just to get a titan's name in and it's not it's not going okay lad so i reckon I'll be lucky. You know, I've tried Blazing Game for you as well, Miles. That's had no traction, <laughs> none whatsoever. That might have to My be a middle stands no chance. <laughs> <laughs> the other option is to find a Titans player from history that happens to share the name with whichever one you end up with, which which might be some sort of compromise. It's all compromise, um, which translates as what she wants. That's cool. That's what compromise is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miles, Miles. <laughs> absolutely. Miles, give us your uh, probably much less important um, gripes. Oh, my mind's really short and sweet. It's uh, I just wanted to bring up the M6 toll and the fact that it's now £7 to use, <laughs> which again, for our US listeners, this means absolutely nothing to them. But I've been doing a few 
backwards and forwards trips to um, the devil place that is the south. And uh, whenever you have to go to the south, you have to, for me, you have to use the M6. And if you don't use the toll and you drive through Birmingham, it's like hell on earth. But once you're on the toll, it's beautiful, it's smooth. But then I got to the station, the station, the, the, the toll area. And I, I was as I was driving up, it was like, during these set times, so during like, I don't know, something like 6 a.m. and 11 p.m., it's seven pound. And as I like, once you're on that road, there's nothing you can do about it. You've got to pay it. And I was furious. I, I swear the last time I was on that road, it was like four pounds something. And then it says from like 11 o'clock till 6 a.m., it's seven pound 20 or something. And it's like, what, what, what's the point in that? Sorry, so, uh, the other way around, it's cheaper by like 20 pence. So mine was really... <laughs> So mine's very short and sweet. I just wanted to spend the money. Surely at some point that toll road's paid off. Why does it have to now go up to what is £14 for a round trip to use a move bit of tarmac? I mean, on the plus side, if you're a business, you can claim VAT back on the M6 toll, uh, unlike Dartford and others. There you go. Fun fact. Um, Neil, non-Titans well, related. Fact, fact will say. I'm, I'm not sure we'll quite go as far as, far as saying fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just say that there's no tolls round here where I am. It's just all hills. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you more Yorkshire than that moment as well. <laughs> that was incredibly uh, Yorkshire. <laughs> I mean, on Titans, um, I've got this. I'm, it's a small thing, right? But I really hate people watching me eat. So I can't like. <laughs> An absolute nightmare scenario for me would be the first time I meet somebody to go to a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yesterday, we went out for a day, went for somewhere to eat in in Castleford, and uh, they were a table outside restaurant. Inside, it was quite full. So, they were just me, Mrs. and uh, youngest, and we decided to sit outside, ordered us food, and obviously what you get then is people that are walking past trying to decide whether the restaurant's any good or not. So what do they do? They don't look at menu, they go up at your food. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm there where I've got like a burger and some nachos and every time I'm taking a bite, I can feel some desires burning into the back of my head. And I'm thinking, treat menu, please don't look at me. I mean, it's obviously like, it's not enough to put me off eating. It takes more than that. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but it was like uh, it was like being in some kind of peanut gallery because it was a busy place as well. It was a place called Escape, so even though we were sat outside, we were still indoors, and there were a lot of footfall. And literally every person, nine out of ten at least, that walked past had a look at what were on my plate. It just, just sounds can't... like being in a zoo as an I animal. Can't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I work behind a glass window at work, and I can't eat my snack. Front desk because I can't I can't do people walking past saying watch the fingers. <laughs> oh, I, I love I love this where it just goes where I wasn't expecting and that was def, definitely it. But yeah, that's all I've got, guys. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, actually, oh, Greg, Greg, I'll let you finish off. I'm going to be very quick. Well, I say quick. We always say I'm going to be very quick, and then five minutes later. Um, uh, we've got some new trains coming on the line that is between where I live and London. Um, the old trains were four carriages or eight carriages if they bolted two together because the, uh, the platforms are all eight carriages long. So stands to reason. So any train in busy period is eight carriages long. They've brought they're bringing in new trains that are five carriages. Um, that's just the standard train set. Um, so I asked Greater Anglia, um, other equally terrible train operating companies are available. I asked them on Twitter at the weekend if that means that they wouldn't be running 10 carriage trains on our line because they're too long. They replied by saying they have selective door opening. So the back doors or the front doors don't open at every station. I then replied saying, that's great, but you didn't answer my question. Will they be running 10 carriage trains on the line? No. Not yet. We need to make infrastructure improvements. By infrastructure improvements, I assume that means lengthening platforms. Um, so 
the answer I eventually got. So instead of eight coach trains, we're going to be getting five coach trains in rush hour. Um, at least there's still COVID and no one's traveling. Um, but that just would compound it, even when that's over and it gets busier again. Um, just what's that? Eight fifths times the crush. Can't wait. Imagine making decisions like that. And and it happened. Imagine, imagine not following you on Twitter with gold like this. I know, I know. I'm, at, I'm really, at, really at sorry. At Box Rage, by the way, at Box Rage. That's what you need to follow. That's not my Twitter handle. Um, Greg, <laughs> give us a two-minute non-Titans related. Two minutes, and it'll be no more. Trust me. Um, it's it's also car-related and driving-related, um, and it's something that's been winding me up for about three years. And I'm surprised it's not become a non-Titans-related before now. Why are the worst drivers in the world taxi drivers? It is their job to drive, <laughs> and they cannot drive. What is seriously? What on earth? It's just I I have to drive through Milton Keynes on a regular basis, and the taxi drivers there are hands down the worst taxi drivers I have ever met in my life. It's your job to drive. Surely you think you'd be better at it. It really winds me up. And there is less than two minutes. That was less than a minute. That was my non-times related. And everyone's sitting there nodding along, I'm sure. That's absolutely bloody exactly. The two most frightened moments in my life in a motor vehicle have both been in taxis. There you go. It tells you all you need to know. Um, thanks, Greg. Thanks to you, Neil. Thank you, Harry and Miles. Last and, I mean, uh, not least. Um I've been Adam. We'll be back next week um, to preview the Arizona. I'm really sorry. That was uncalled for. And uh, I mean, I, is there, if there's if there's anyone listening, if you've got another podcast that you need someone, just let me know. I'll bring positivity. <laughs> I see how it is. I mean, we there, could, we could, there aren't we any. Really, We're the only UK Titans podcast. That's we could it. Really we are screw the worst up. and the best. Yeah. We could really screw up Adam's draft here. He's got a draft he needs to run to. He's desperate to run to. And oh, we could really screw up by carrying on. Yeah, is this this draft that he was talking about for quite a while on our private messenger? Because I, yeah, I, I shakalaka. Yeah, he was chatting about this for quite a while the other day, and it went on for quite a bit. And you know, it, basically, I do understand it's quite important. Did you say that you were one-one as well on this draft? So you really don't want to miss an that. early draft. Um, it's been nice chatting with you, fellas. Um, <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.